Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I've been doing a really bad job at promoting the new merch. Uh, about a week ago, I put up a new T-shirt designed. It was designed by my buddy John, and we're keeping the theme with uh, just doing this Disney merch. And it wasn't planned like this. I still have other cool ideas that we haven't done yet, but I just put out a new Disney shirt. It's called the Blur Design. Uh, we went to Disneyland um, and did a little photo shoot with Garrett. Shout out to Garrett. And we had another model booked, but she just didn't show up. And we were kind of like, all right, whatever. We got to continue on. And uh, it just so happens that day we all had something else to do other than the photo shoot. So it just turns out we all left at the same time, which was like pretty convenient. It was cool. We got a ton of cool shots and I picked out the couple that I liked and that I wanted to use as advertisement for the new design. And I had a really good time. It felt great to finally put out something new because I know, uh, well, people have asked me, they're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you had merch for the podcast? And I don't really want to uh, try to do designs with my name plastered all over it because I don't think it it's that cool. It's my name, whatever you see enough of it. Um, if you listen to the podcast or if you follow me on social media and I don't think it's cool enough to be put on any kind of merch. So I always direct people to my merch store, um, which surprisingly people didn't really know existed, but it's there. Jamie slash shop. You can see the older stuff that I still have up and the new design, which is really important to me. It was fun. I love Disneyland and I love how that design came out. So just stay tuned. We're going to have new merch throughout the year now that we're able to. So go check that out. Go pick it up. It's selling like a God church. But this week on the podcast, we travel back to Florida. I love Florida so much. Florida hardcore is awesome. And I'm glad to have talked to so many people from that state and so many awesome scenes out there. We have on Alex Sejas. He was hard to track down. We had a couple uh, scheduling conflicts, but it was okay. I was really happy that he was willing to reschedule and I was happy to finally have him on because he's somebody that I've been wanting to have on for a while. He plays in a ton of cool bands out in Florida and I thought it was important to talk to him. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, welcome Alex Sejas to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, stoked you're here. I remember the first time we met, it was, uh, I, I can't remember how long ago it was now, actually, um, but it was in San Diego. You were um, on tour. It was the Eco Strike and Vision Magnitude Tour. Yeah, at uh, the, the Shea Cafe. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was in August. Okay. And I, I, I still think back and like, I, I thought it was really awesome that, uh, that group of bands was able to do an awesome West coast tour. And I always talk about how I thought it was 
smart for you guys to start up in the Pacific Northwest and then work your way down, just hitting like all the major markets. So it was definitely like a cool route. And you play guy or you guys played a lot of awesome cities. Yeah, dude, that that tour was I, I I'd speak for all of us. It was probably the best tour we've all done. Um and like it almost almost didn't happen in a way because I was in charge of booking the the van rental and I thought I did it and I did do it, but uh, there was just some miscommunication. So like two days before we just didn't have a van at all. And we had to like last minute figure out what we were going to do. And Lennon like saved the day, but he had to drive two hours to Portland to pick up a van and then back to Seattle for the first show. Damn. That's crazy. At what point did you guys, you said it was uh, two days before when you found out that you guys in fact didn't have a uh, van. Yeah. Cause like I said, I was responsible for booking it. Other people were responsible for merch or like, you know, booking the shows or whatever. And, uh, and I was going to cover it on my card. And so Lennon calls me up. He's like, Hey, just to, you know, double check that the van's good to go. And I called them and they were just, they just flat out just said like, yeah, you literally cannot take this van from, Seattle to Texas because we we flew into Seattle and we flew out of Texas like mm-hmm. Dallas and I guess they didn't want us to drop it off there and like usually that's we I've like done that before but I guess like last minute they told us no and then thankfully Lennon was able to find like another company yeah because that would have been like a weird thing like the first day of the tour with no van and that would just be like a crazy thing to stress about but it's awesome that you guys were able to figure it out and make the whole tour happen yeah absolutely so and i saw you in san diego and i didn't see you again until um it was a few months later at the point of contact record release which was an awesome night I, i was stoked to see you there yeah, that's. I think that's when we first had like an actual conversation. Uh, but that that show was awesome. I'm glad. I almost didn't go to that either because uh, I had other. I had plans to go watch. Um, Jawbox and Jawbreaker in Gainesville that same night, but I, I decided to like just go to Tampa instead, and it ended up being like really awesome. Yeah, I, I I was surprised that I was able to make it down too because I was out there on vacation. And luckily I was able to find a friend who was uh, passing through where I was and they're down to pick me up and I was able to go down there and experience that show. I, I, I still think like that was um, a great first show for me to go to in Florida. I, I just thought like that night every band killed it. Like the vibe was awesome. The venue was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I've never been there before. It's crazy. You actually flew all the way from Cali. But like, like you said, it's definitely a, a good first Florida show. Now, have they had any shows there since? Do you know? Um, no, I would I would say no. If if so, there was probably like maybe like bigger touring bands or something like that. I don't even know if there was shows before that because I've never heard of it till that one show. Yeah, I, I I thought that would be like a fun place to have like a FYA after show at. Damn, actually, you're right. Someone, someone should tell Bob. Okay, I'll uh, shoot him a text and see if we can make that happen for next year. Yeah. But so, can you talk about uh, where you're um, from in, in Florida? Because you're more south than Tampa, right? Yeah, about uh, three or four four hours, I would say. I'm I'm from Miami, 
And as far as um, South Florida, South Florida hardcore is concerned, I might be one of three or four people from actual Miami and everyone else is like in Broward, like plantation or Davie or Pembroke pines. Okay. But uh, yeah. So Miami's like 30 minutes underneath all those other cities, 30, 40 minutes. And were you born and raised there? Yeah. Dang. I've never been to Miami. I've always wanted to go. Dude, it's pretty awesome. If you if you end up back in Florida, I'd definitely show you around. I, I prefer it uh to, to Broward instead, you know, like I mean I grew up here. I feel I feel at home here and we have to be I'm I'm not too far from the beach. There's like a bunch of Cuban restaurants that I eat at and I don't know. I just I, I, I don't see myself living anywhere else. What about uh, how do you deal with like uh, like hurricane season? Is that like a big factor? Like when you live down there, it can be. I mean, it's been a while since like anything major happened. Like there was one a couple years ago where the power went out for like three or four days, and then a big flood. But before that, it'd probably been like ten years or something like that. Or maybe maybe it just happens all the time, and I'm so used to it that I don't notice. But you know. It, it's it's like everyone already knows what to do when when a hurricane approaches and like it's like another day to us almost okay because like i picture if i was there i'd be like scared maybe in a panic um if the power goes out for four days are you just like chilling at home or do you guys still like go out and try to do stuff like you know, like what's going on during that time uh i i, I usually chill at home because like i said everyone else lives 30 40 minutes away from me and uh so i like let's say i run out of battery on my phone i have no way of like hitting them up so they're probably all together and i'm just alone in my in miami with my roommate dang that's crazy so um like living in miami how did you find out about hardcore um let's see i guess in i guess in like seventh grade i made a friend who uh, I, I saw him walking around like with a binder and had like bands names like Black Flag, Anti Flag, Minor Threat, and I think the word Straight Edge were on there too, and whatever. Oh, and I think Blink One Eighty Two. That's that's how we became friends because of that band. And so little by little, he like showed me those bands, and more on like the punk side, like like Against Me or Rise Against, just like stuff like that, and. Um, Oh, so he eventually showed me like Black Flag and later on Gorilla Biscuits and Lifetime and oh, he showed me Comeback Kid. There's like so many bands that this one kid showed me. He doesn't go to shows at all. I don't even think he, I haven't seen him in like so long, but I I definitely credit him to showing me a lot of punk and hardcore bands when I was younger. Um, But that's how I got into it. And I remember when I was a kid, I just like, knew I didn't want to do like drugs or drinking or anything like that. And he's the one who introduced me to straight edge. And he like, like eventually, like not even like a month later to start smoking weed and like tried pressuring me. I was like, no dude, what happened to straight edge? But, uh, yeah. So I credit him to that too, I guess. And, uh, yeah, just later on, I found bands like comeback kid and Bane and, the thing is, in my high school, kids didn't, like, at least the kids I was friends with, like, they didn't give a, a crap about just, like, actual hardcore. Like, they confused uh, hardcore with, like, whatever was going on at Warped Tour, like uh, like Norma Jean or Chiodos or 
you know, those under oath, those kind of bands. And for some reason they just considered it hardcore. And like, I didn't know any better until like much later. Um, but I always still like the faster bands, you know? Yeah. You know, it's strange for me growing up when I thought of Florida hardcore, like the bands that would come to mind were, um, like seven star, remembering never thick as blood. And then there's this band that I saw once and they were like on tour. It was like super random. I, I saw them in Redlands. They were on tour with like pale horse and it was this band called dreams. You die in which like we're from, I, I think they were from like Miami or something. I can't remember. Um, but that was like my like vision of like Florida hardcore when I was younger. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that band, but um, the other ones you mentioned for sure, like thick as blood was like a huge thing around here for like a couple years. So like that's that's around the time when like Eulogy Records was like kind of popping too. So like Thick as Blood would play in like um Casey Jones, Evergreen Terrace. Uh that that's how that, I found Eulogy Records cuz of this I'm sure you know them but that band set your goals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so from like there that's that's also like another way I got introduced to some bands like Turmoil that was like a big one when I first when I first got into Set Your Goals I saw like on their MySpace, they had like, oh, influences, Turmoil, Kid Dynamite, Lifetime, Save the Day. And I was like the only heavy one on there, like the heavier one. So it definitely stood out to me. It's like become one of my favorite bands ever since. So when you started getting more into the hardcore, were you going to shows in your area? Like was the scene popping off or did you have to like travel outside to like another scene? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, in high school I didn't have one, I didn't have a car and two, I didn't have friends that like cared about hardcore, but, uh, you know, every so often I'd be able to get a ride to this venue in Miami that's been shut down, but it's called Drake's and like thick as blood would play there all the time. Knock them dead. Um, Oh, what's oh Bishop was a band around too. That was a big thing back then too. Uh, but and then also like a mix of bands that like were technically like deathcore, but just called themselves hardcore and they'd play all those shows and like dominate them all the time. But that, that was like really the only kind of quote unquote hardcore I'd be around. Okay. And uh, did you think it was weird? Like when you're younger seeing like, like the deathcore style being like more popular than traditional hardcore. I just kind of like, I don't know. I just kind of like lumped them all together in a way like, like, Oh, I expect to see this and see that, you know, like one, one band would be grindcore, And then the next would be like normal, like street punk or something. And then the next one would be deathcore. So like, I think in Miami, like you kind of just had to like play shows together in order to see any kind of heavy music. So at what point did you finally like find like the real scene of hardcore instead of it, like, you know, being mixed with like those bands that were like the deathcore bands. Uh, I think like a, two years, no, during, during high school, I, I would like see kids that I see nowadays at hardcore shows, but it was like, I'd see them at the funny pop punk shows. And then later on, like little title fight shows. And then, you know, we kind of like migrate together to, to actual hardcore shows. So, um, but I really started going a lot more when I had a ride to Broward, which is where uh, this venue called the Talent Farm used to be in, in Pembroke Pines. So I used to get a ride there all the time from, with my friends from work. And that's how I discovered bands like Losing It and Power Trip and 
just like all access like there was like so many bands around that time like you it's like hard to just like make a list but kids left and right were starting bands and it'd be with like the same kids all the time or you know touring bands would come down i know down presser came i know trapped under ice Bane, uh harm's way there, there's like dozens and dozens of bands uh, that venue that you mentioned uh, the talent farm did they record like band sets and like put them online yeah for the most part okay you know they, they, uh, i i remember that uh venue um just i, I think from like my, like my, like late myspace days I, I used to see bands that i liked that would tour there and play there and i never knew where it was i, I just knew them from their videos so that's crazy that it, uh, you used to go to that spot yeah, that that was an important part of South Florida hardcore, I, I would say. And uh, the day that it got shut down, like I think overnight, like half the kids just stopped going to shows, just because like that was like the one venue where it was all ages, so everyone was allowed. And I don't know. I think some people use that venue closing down as an excuse to not go to shows anymore. But shows are still going on like immediately after at this one venue called the Granary in Miami, which was like. 10 blocks for me so i just like i could skate there if i wanted to dang that's a bummer that you know kids just stopped showing up um you know just because the venue closed down like it's definitely like a bummer and it does hurt the scene when a major venue closes but just because the venue closes doesn't mean the hardcore is just like stops like you know shows still pop up people still find a way and kids shouldn't just give up and they should just you know help find a new place keep it going don't give up on it yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if they just gave up or things like happened in their life where they just hardcore wasn't a priority. And I get that, but I don't know. I, I'll see these kids once in a while, like some of them and like, or it's funny, I'll like fly out to like Philly or California for a fest and I'll see those kids there. And I'm like, Hey, I haven't seen you in at a show and home at home, you know? Oh, and these are people that still live in Florida. I mean, I don't, I feel like most of them don't live here anymore. If they okay. do, like, I'm surprised I haven't run into them, but, um, like there'd be a time where people still live down here and they just would fly out instead of like just going to a normal show down here. That's so strange to me. Yeah. Cause like for me, I, I love going to the shows in my area cause I, I like seeing like the people from my scene, like seeing my friends and I, think flying out to fest is cool getting to you know do a bit of traveling see people you normally don't get to see but uh to choose that over your own local scene to me is just like the strangest thing it's very strange it's very strange hmm. wow. and i like both i i like going i like going to this hardcore and sound of fury and all that but mm -hmm. there, there's just, it's just like a different environment you know like it's not like i was introduced to hardcore because of fest i was introduced because just like a local show in my in my area yeah that, that's 100 percent true and I, I feel like people um and like i don't know i i, I don't even know how to explain that because that, that's just like such like a foreign concept in my mind like ignore your local scene but fly out to the big festivals yeah it's definitely odd yeah I, yeah, that literally does not make any sense to me, but, um, okay. So you started going to shows more, was there ever a point where, um, where Florida hardcore, um, wasn't like a lull like to you? Cause I, I know you mentioned that venue closing and people stopped showing up. Uh, do you ever have any doubt about it? You know, honestly, 
I, I was definitely like a little worried after Town Farm closed, but right when it closed, like I think that's when everyone started working harder than ever to like keep it afloat. And so I mentioned that venue, the Granary, and some of the best like shows I've been to were were there. It was like in a, it was above a, what's it called, like a mechanic, like a garage. You had to like go upstairs somewhere for the actual venue, and it was like it was such a spot too. And the owner just like one day decided like overnight that he didn't want to like run a venue anymore, and he just like moved out of town and stuff, and like didn't let anyone uh, take over the lease or anything. That's wild. Just overnight, yeah. just closed down. I wonder where, where that person is now. I have. I think he like went to school in New York or something. And like we, some of us tried to like get that venue from him. Like, hey, you know, let us buy it or let us take the na- the lease or whatever. But he just wouldn't answer, wouldn't hear it. So we had nothing. We couldn't do anything but like find the next venue. And. So that spot closed, and you said that was in Miami. Yeah, like very close to my house. So, where was the the, the next go to spot? Um, there. Well, there was two. There was this one venue that's always been around since like I want to say the '80s, called Churchill's Pub. Okay. That it's still going on now, but it's like under new management, and um, it's cool. It's cool. I I went to a couple of punk shows there recently, and it was so cool. Um, but the the more the the current venue now is this place called Space Mountain. Space Mountain is that um, taken from something or is that just a random name? <laughs> uh, I think. I mean, I'm. It's. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's like an art space. I don't know why why they named it that, but it's actually it used to be around in the same area. They shut it down, and then like two years later, brought it back under like like next door to the original venue. Okay. So, you know, it's like the same parking lot and everything, but, uh, I don't know why they named it that. I swear it has to be because of that Disneyland ride. Cause that's anytime I hear I mean, the only time I've ever heard space Mountain is from the ride. I've never heard it anywhere else. Unless I'm crazy and like uninformed. Yeah. I, maybe next time I go, I'll ask the owner why they named it that. Okay. I would, yeah, I, I would really like to know cause I'm curious cause I'm a, a huge Disney fan. So really curious. Yeah, me too. Me too. My grandma works at Disney. Oh, really? I'm 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 guessing in Florida. Yeah, yeah. She works at like at a resort. Okay, that's so awesome. I like I I feel like the uh, Disney culture out there is um like so different just because it it's like so much bigger. There's obviously like way more parks and it's like in like its own little bubble and like like part of me like wishes I could live out there for a little bit just to experience it. I've, you've been to the parks here before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went the first time in 2016, and I've gone like multiple times every year since then. So I, I, oh. I actually like it out there a lot. But I'm obviously like I just go out on vacation. It's not like like extended periods of time. Yeah, I, I like the parks here. I've never been to any on the West Coast. Dude. We got to get you to Disneyland so you can see the the original park. It's pretty cool. It's interesting because um Disneyland um you'll it'll seem seem like really familiar to you because um it's just like Magic Kingdom. Okay. Do you, which which do you prefer? 
Um, well, I, I'm going to be biased and say Disneyland because like that's where like, I'm literally there like multiple times a week. Um, but I, I do enjoy some things in Florida that are different than Disneyland. So uh, I, I would say Disneyland, but Magic Kingdom and like all the other parks are really awesome, too. Cool. Um, but that's awesome. Have, that you, been, have you been to Universal Islands? Yo, yes. So on my last trip uh, back when uh, when I went to the point of contact show, um, I, I went with some friends because we do an annual like Halloween trip. So we were there and um, we come from like a bunch of different states to like link up in Florida. And it just so happened that like the first group of us got there like a whole day before everybody else. And one of our friends, uh, his name's Steve. Um, shout out Steve Huey from Long Island. He knew somebody or knows somebody that works there and they got us all into Universal for free. And that was my first time ever going to Universal in Orlando. And it was wild. It, it was so much better than the one in um, L.A. Because like the one in L.A., like I don't even care about like I don't even like ever like want to go. But the, when I experienced one in Florida, I'm just like, damn it. Like I want to come back. Like there's like so much cool shit here. Dude, I, I love both those parks uh, down here. Yeah. I think I prefer them over Disney, to be honest. What's that ride? Um, it, it's like a coaster and you get to pick a song before it starts. Dude, I forgot the name. I, I know exactly which one you're talking about. I forgot the name, but it's like kind of near the entrance. Yeah. And they, they make you put your stuff in like lockers and they like check your pockets and stuff, which I think is really weird. But I, I thought that ride was like super cool. Cause I remember like sitting in it and I had no idea what I was getting into. And then I saw like the touch screen, like, Oh, like, you know, pick a genre then pick an artist. And I was like, Oh wow, this is cool. Like I get to pick the soundtrack to the ride. Dude. I think the, the first and only time I went, like I had trouble picking a song. So either I didn't get a song or no, no, you know what it was. They picked the song for me. Cause I just took too long. I remember being like, kind of unhappy i was like dude i wanted to pick like a rock song and it was like country and like at that time i hated country mm -hmm. that sucks but the ride's cool the ride's cool anyway do you know um so somebody mentioned that uh there's like a secret menu like to or, or not secret menu uh, there's like a secret list of songs that if you like do like a certain combination on the screen it'll bring up like a whole nother track list that that sounds too it sounds so like unlikely but that'd be kind of crazy if it was true okay. Okay, because somebody mentioned it, but I never really looked into it. Um, so I was just curious if you knew about it or not. Yeah, I never heard of that. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not like a, well, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I never read the books or watched the movies, but we went on the that new Harry Potter ride, the Hagrid Coaster. Um, I, I think that's what it's called. But Oh, I, you went to the new one, yeah. Yeah, and that ride was like super awesome. I, I was not like prepared um, for like how long it was and like how fun like it, it was going to be because just like some of the effects, like I feel like all the animatronics like looked really cool, but then some of like the, the way the coaster coaster moves it was like pretty intense and i didn't think it was going to be that fun but i i think it's probably like one of the best rides there that's sick i i like the uh i like all the other rides i've gone on so far um how long was that line i'm gonna be honest we got like a return time so uh we probably waited like 10 minutes damn yeah, it, it was wild because they literally like stopped the line for the rest of the day because it was just getting too crazy when we were there. But luckily, we were still able to like sneak on and um, just we just waited like 10 minutes. That's that's awesome. I got to I got to get there one of these days. 
Yeah, it's definitely fun. And you know what? Um, like I've always heard, like, oh, they have like cool Marvel stuff. There's like a you know Hulk coaster, Spider Man ride, and I, you know, I've heard that forever. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm gonna go check it out. But I didn't realize it's like a whole like Marvel like like land area. Like I remember walking up to everything and seeing like a Fantastic Four cafe and seeing like storm and rogue walking around i'm like what the hell i was like i didn't know that it was going to be like this whole big thing i thought it was just like a couple of rides here and there but i didn't know they went all out and like decorated everything to be like marvel yeah that that area of the parks like might be my favorite part um it's i think and also like um pretty sure they changed not only the spider-man ride but the hulk ride slightly like they changed like the animations for the spider-man one and okay. I, I feel like the hulk one like maybe it's because i'm older but and like i could take it but i feel like it's like less chaotic you know what i mean okay um i obviously i've only been there once but i i thought it was like pretty intense it, it was cool uh I, I just think it's really weird that you know there's the, those certain rides that make you put everything in those lockers maybe it's because it's like too intense and they don't want things like flying out and hurting people yeah, that's that's definitely it, or like just like not losing it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, we we're there, and surprisingly, like it was really hot. Like I, I thought, you know, late October it was going to be nice and like cool, but I was still like sweating, and I was wearing pants. And I remember it just it, it being so like unbearable. I was like, okay, if I collapse, I I would not be surprised because I was just like sweating and I felt so gross. Was it really that bad? Yeah, which is strange because I, I I grew up in like the Palm Springs area, which, you know, hits triple digits like all the time in the summer. It's like desert heat. So like being in like like a hot weather doesn't really bother me. But like that day, it just seemed like really bad. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember any time I've worn pants to Disney, but I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'd be I'd be able to do it. Just me because I've lived here my whole life. Mm-hmm. OK, well. Uh, so th- all this like uh, theme park talk, that's all up in Orlando. Is there anything cool like that in, in your area? Um, I mean, I once a year, there's uh, around Christmas, there's this thing called Santa's Enchanted Forest. But it's it's like nothing special. It's just like a small area of a park where they put a couple roller coasters and like a Ferris wheel and just put everything like Christmas, like holiday de- decorations. Um, and then like three months later in March, they have, um, the fair, like the County fair. Okay. And that, that's like, that's like much bigger and better and all that, but it, it's essentially just like a bigger version of Santa's enchanted forest without the Christmas stuff. But it's cool. I, I like going, I just haven't gone in years. Cause like friends, you know, can't, you can't meet up with friends at a certain point or now you can't, but like my friends are busy or I'm not busy. So I'm going to try to go this year. Yeah. You know, I, I lived in Orange County for like seven years and I'd never been to the Orange County Fair. And it was every year. It was like a different story. People were like, yeah, like we got to go this year and people would flake. And I just didn't really want to go by myself. And then like it wasn't until like literally like seven years in my first time at the fair was because it was like a company event. Like we all went as like a group and I was like, oh, I was like, cool. Like I finally get to experience the fair. Um, and 
I, I assume because like I've, I've been to like the L.A. County Fair. I've been to like the date festival back home and, and like Orange County Fair. Like they all seem pretty similar. So I'm just you know curious if it's like the same out there in Miami. Yeah, I feel like it's the same. And also, I, I just I, I wouldn't go alone either. You know, like it's not as much fun. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I don't mind doing things alone. Like I, I go to D- Disneyland alone, like all the time. But yeah, I just didn't want to go to the fair alone just because uh, it just seemed weird to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but that's cool. Um, but getting back to the music, uh, what was the first hardcore band you were in? Uh, let me. It, it was this one band that I think we played one show, but they they were a band before I joined, and like I ended up joining because the guitarist left. But damn, and I don't even remember the name. I remember the name it was before I joined, and since we only did one show, like. I just like immediately forgot what it was called, but um, the band was called Pilots, and they were they were the, like the only Miami band that like that's like related to hardcore at all that I was in. Okay, um, and it was cool. It, it sounded like um, it was like on the melodic side, like Lifetime and Kid Dynamite. Um, but we only did one show because like the other kids ended up wanting to focus more on their because they all went to music school or they went to the University of Miami and they like did music there. So they were like focused on like their orchestra stuff and recording or whatever. And I was just still like, they were older than me. So I was still like in high school. Okay. So at what point did you like link up and meet like, um, Lennon and that whole crew? <laughs> uh, I met Lennon around that same time, but I was in another like funny pop punk band. And oh, we pop happened punk. to play yeah, I, I, I'll say it. I was a pop punk kid in high school at the end of it and like a little bit after. But um, so I had this funny pop punk band. That I'm not going to name. I, I don't want people like looking it up, but we ended up playing a show with one of Lennon's bands. So I was like, I remember the first time I saw him, I pointed out we were both wearing the same like shirt and I pointed it out to him and he just immediately like <laughs> went to his car to go change. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> OK. Yeah. And then like years later, we'd become like close friends damn you know uh to this day i i still listen to like the older pop punk stuff that i used to listen to and every now and then i'll try to see if i can find any like newer pop punk bands that i would be into but i i don't know if i've gotten to that point where it just doesn't interest me anymore or if the bands are just bad and like i'm just not sure like what the thing is but i, I still look every now and then to try to see if there's anything like good out there yeah, I'm on the same boat. It, none of it, like, all the new stuff I hear, like, just doesn't really, like, catch my ear or anything. But, I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to, like, listening to, like, older stuff that I used to listen to as a kid. Yeah, same here. I feel it's, like, like with, like, Spotify and, all, like, just the access to all that stuff is just so easy. So I, I definitely um, still spend time listening to stuff that I listened to growing up. Still sounds good. Yeah. I used to, I mean, I'm sure you did too, but I used to go like on Google and just write whatever band name and put Mediafire or find like a bunch of blogs and just take anything from there, even if I've never heard it. Wow. You used to steal music. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent did that too. Trust me. Like I would download tons of music. Yeah. That's how, and that's, I did the same thing with like, like hardcore bands too, but there would be a lot that like, just, just like, I don't know, like just didn't stand out to me at the time. Like a lot that just like copied other bands and stuff, but like, it'd be around like the bridge nine era and like, 
like early 2010s. Damn, were you ever on the B9 board? No, I it, it just like I didn't really know about it till like the tail end of it. Okay, um, I definitely posted on there, but not like crazy amount. Like I would chime in like here and there of things that like really interested me, but I, I just did like more lurking than actual posting. I heard I heard everyone on there is like a savage. Like there's like no no nice people. You know they they got only mean things to say on there. It, it, honestly, I felt like a lot of people were afraid to post like their actual like opinions and things that they really felt because they didn't want to get, you know, trash talked, um, you know, but then somebody who was like popular would like come on and post something and then like everybody would like chime in and agree because they felt like protected. Um, I, I definitely did see a lot of that, but uh, there were some people who, you know, just didn't care and just were actually themselves. Maybe it's a good thing I never got on that site. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Um, you know, the same thing is just like you know, like people all, like it's just like any message board. Like if you if you ever go on Reddit, it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to go on like uh, message boards for like video games back in the day, but okay, it, I never like wrote anything. I would just like write, like read, like walkthroughs or like you know how to like beat a level or something like that. Yeah, those are so. I remember doing that too. Like, just have to like read text and be like, all right, I think I'm at this point. But now, like, if you go and do that, it's so much more easier because people have like videos attached to the text, and it just makes trying to get through a certain part of a game so much easier now. Yes, so much now. I wish there was videos back then because, like, I was. I mean, I was at that age where like you had to like buy like a a book like in like a grocery store that had like cheat codes for PS2 games and stuff. Or like when you're on those message boards, you have to like hope you're, you're right where they're, you know, they'll be writing about something and you're like, all right, I think I'm around here, but there's like no way until you get like a picture or a video. Yeah. I remember because in like those like monthly magazines, like um, EGM, uh, like they would post some cheat codes um, for some games and it would change like every issue. And like, I'd always be like crossing my fingers, hoping the game that I was playing, like had some cool stuff like to unlock through cheat codes. Yeah. I, I did the same exact thing. Yeah. It's crazy now. Cause like, even if you think about it, like um, you go into like a, a GameStop um, and you you can't even find a strategy guide like those things aren't even like around because i remember when games would come out there would be like or there'll always be a strategy guide to accompany it but now it's just like i can't remember the last time i saw one in person i mean i every time i i mean a few times i still go to gamestop i'll see like a pokemon guide or something but yeah those those things are obsolete nowadays yeah which is really strange to me but i, I guess like you know it's probably cheaper to not print like, you know, thousands of books and instead just like put it all online. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy it, you're probably like a huge fan and just want like something tangible. Yeah. But I, I'm curious, like what games did you used to play? Uh, I mean, I wasn't like a huge gamer, but like at all, like, you know, I wouldn't say I was at all, but um, I definitely played like every Tony Hawk game I played. I was a huge wrestling fan and like I, I loved playing the video games even more because like I could just do like crazy shit. Um, I was a Grand Theft Auto guy. What else? Um, damn. Probably like adventure games like Jack and Daxter, like Ratchet and Clank. Okay. Did you ever play um, Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Yeah, that, that might be my favorite one out of the whole franchise. 
and I'm guessing it's because you're from there or from Miami where it was like based off of. Yeah. I mean, no, that's not why, but uh, I just felt like the atmosphere in that game is like a lot more fun and like, I don't know. I just like enjoyed it more. I remember there was like a chainsaw in that game that you could get and like we could wear like a hockey mask. So I would pretend I was like, you know, like a serial killer or something. I mean, that's what those games are for really. No one, no one does the driving. You know, I, I was really into that one because I remember it was the first Grand Theft Auto where there was a, a sword. I think you had to go into like the, the mall to go find it. And I was like, holy crap, finally, like an awesome like melee weapon. And I, I never beat Vice City. Like, honestly, like the only Grand Theft Auto I've ever beaten is number five. Um, so like at some point, maybe I'd like to go back and try to beat the story. But there's like these rumors um, going around that uh, Grand Theft Auto six is going to be split between like two cities. And uh, there's like major like leaks that saying they're going to be in Vice City. And then there's going to be another city that's based off of like Boston. Dude, that'd be crazy. Yeah. So I'm hoping yeah. I'm I'm hoping those rumors are true because the guy who like leaked everything said that he was like a tester for the game and he went pretty in depth with like all these like crazy details. And normally like when those kind of leaks hit, they're normally true. I mean, I hope so. When, when did that last one come out? Like 20, uh, what, like 13? Yeah. Yeah. Like 2013 because that was like tail end of like the PS3 and the Xbox um, 360. Yeah, I, I remember buying the PS3 version, then the PS4 version. I think I went Xbox to PS4, if I remember correctly. No, I'm, I was, I've been PlayStation since day one. You couldn't get me to touch an Xbox. That's crazy. You know, so um, I remember I owned a, a PlayStation 1, which was awesome. And then I remember uh, my mom was nice enough to go camp out and buy me a PS2. And I was like in the sixth grade. And like, I, I remember none of my friends believed that I had one like at the time. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, I don't really have a reason to lie, but I remember, um, I, when I first got it, I, you know, my mom, she was like nice enough to get that for me. And like, I was too scared to ask for a game because like back then those were still backwards compatible. So I was still able to play like my old games on it. That's nice. That's nice of her. Yeah. The, when my parents got me the first PlayStation, I guess like they didn't know any better. So like they bought me the PlayStation, but not the memory card. Oh, I didn't no. know how to, yeah. I didn't know how to explain to them. Like, Oh, I need this little square thing. So they're like, you know, they only speak Spanish and like, they don't know crap about video games. So it's like, all right, I guess I'm just going to play this game <laughs> as far as I can over and over. And just the next day will be the same fucking thing. That's crazy. Did you uh, yeah. eventually get one? Uh, no, no, not for the PlayStation. But I think uh, when they finally got me a PlayStation 2, it came with a memory card. Okay. So I was like lucky. Yeah. Damn. That's so crazy. Cause you think about like back then those like, if I remember correctly, there was like a, the one that came with it was like a eight megabyte like memory card. And you like think about now, like these systems are coming with like one terabyte hard drives. Dude, you're right. Holy crap. Yeah, dude. I tried, um, not tried. I installed the red dead redemption number two. Uh, and it took like, I don't even know how long. I just remember thinking like, Oh, I can leave and come back. But it took, it was like, I think it's two discs, isn't it? Uh, to, to be honest, um, I've never played it. Oh, you know what? I played it three or four times and I haven't touched it since. So I'm, I'm trying to get rid of it. Okay. But um, it's cool to know that you're still playing like, you know, games now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like everyone still does. Um, this one game I'm obsessed with, and like all my friends are too. Um, it's called Bloodborne. Oh, Bloodborne, great game. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. You you know about it. I mean, everyone knows about it, but like, that's to me that's like the perfect game. Okay, so were you ever a fan of like Dark Souls? Um, you know, so I started with Bloodborne, and uh-huh. I'm still like, I'm still on that. I haven't, I haven't like found a copy of Dark Souls uh, that I'm ready to buy yet. But, and I don't even know which one to start with. But I'll probably just start with the first one when I do. Okay, you know, I started playing like Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and I completely sucked at those games. And it wasn't until Bloodborne came out where I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm tired of sucking at these kinds of games, and I'm just gonna learn how to play and get good. And that was like with Bloodborne. So I, I thought like that game was like really, really awesome. I, I definitely liked all the different weapons. Like I, I think I liked using that. Um, I forgot what it's called. Like the switch axe. Um. I think I forget the name. I don't like remember the names. I just like, oh, that one looks cool. I'm gonna use it. It's it's, um, it's the one that like it, it like transforms like like mid like uh, swing. It'll go from like just like a little like um, short distance like like it's like a, like a axe or like a saw kind of thing, and then you like um, can transform it to like a long oh, like javelin type thing. I, I think it's called the axe spear or something like that. Yeah. I'm butchering it, but yeah, like that was my favorite weapon, but you know, it's funny that you bring that up. Um, yesterday I, I just bought, um, this game, uh, that's being, that's made from, from software called, uh, Sekiro, which is, uh, it won like game of the year for 2019 and it plays just like, um, you know, the souls games, bloodborne and it's pretty awesome. Uh, so it's, if you get through dark souls and you're looking for more games like that, you should check that game out. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard about that game. I, I think um, I'm just gonna like steal it from one of my friends because they're all done with it. So whenever I'm done with Bloodborne and like whatever else, like I'll just take it from them. Yeah, dude, it, it's awesome. Like I, I can't believe I put it off for so long, and I'm just like playing through it now, and I'm just like, wow, this is like super cool. It's definitely like right up my alley, just because like the time period reminds me of like this old Capcom game, like Ani Musha, which was like you know super super sick. Um, so I, I'm just loving that game right now. Dude, yeah, I, I can't wait to play it. Yeah, but that's awesome. Uh, I, I do find it hard to find time to game because like now I'm like older and I have like a job and responsibilities like before I could just like sit around all day and just play like, you know, 12, 13 hours a day. But now like I'm lucky if I can just squeeze in like, you know, like four or five. Dude, I wish I had like even like an hour or two to play, but I'm on the same boat, you know, that's why I've been on Bloodborne for so long. Like I'm also like trying to like soak it all in while I play. Cause like the atmosphere and like the environment's like really cool. And like, I want to like get like every lore item and like get every, like, you know, reach every corner of the game. Um, that's why I'm still on Bloodborne. I still have like, what, like three or four or five games like that I've bought that I've barely played. So that's why I didn't like buy Sekido when it came out. Cause I'm like, I don't need to spend another $60 on a game. I'm not going to play yet. I'll just wait till it's like $13 on black Friday. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And like, I feel like those games are like timeless. Like they're always going to be there like whenever you're ready. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I I, ju- I got The Witcher 3, I got um, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I got like one or two other games that like I'm waiting to play. But like I said, I don't have time anymore. 
So Bloodborne's been taking like whenever I do play Bloodborne's like the one game I focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um like you were traveling recently, like you were just in Texas. Yeah, I went to uh to that Evil Beat show. And was that the only reason you were in Texas? Yeah, just for that one weekend, I, I wanted to catch um, Carcass and like Razor and like metal bands that I don't really get to see uh, down here in Miami. Okay, that's awesome. Like, how was that experience? Because I've never been to Texas for a show. Dude, it was it was actually really great. Like uh, somehow it was like really cold too. Uh, when we got there, it was like 35 degrees and uh, I almost like didn't bring a jacket or anything because I thought it was going to be hot. And, um, but the show itself was really, really, really well done. Um, there was two stages and like, who did I see? I saw Warthog. I've been dying to see them. I saw Drab Majesty, um, Red Death played and they were cool. Millspec played. I think Millspec was like the only like, I don't even, I, I wouldn't say the only hardcore band, but like they, they definitely like stood out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause all the other bands were like, like punk or like heavier metal or something, but no spec was like on the melodic side. That's awesome. They're, they're a great band. I, I, yeah, I would yeah. love to see them again. Yeah. I love that seven inch um, changes. Did you get to catch uh dress code? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. We, we got there a little late, but um, we caught them. They did a, a straight ahead cover. Okay. Hell yeah. And that's sick. And uh, yeah, how was like the venue? Like, w- I'm, I'm guessing like the I feel like the audience for like that kind of show is like uh, a different mix of people coming from all over, not just like a you know just a bunch of hardcore kids. I feel like it was just like a bunch of like a good mix of different kids coming from different genres. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more in the the punk uh, metal side for sure. But I feel like all those kids that I saw were like from Texas, the state itself, or like. I saw some people from the Midwest. I think a couple people from the West Coast, and like no one from Florida. Or, oh, there was a couple Atlanta kids too, but virtually like no one else from Florida except me and my friend, and and the band Torch that played because they're also from Miami. That's awesome. Well, I I feel like because uh, I the first um, your volume one of Evil Beat I thought it was cool, and uh, the fact that they're doing it annually now i i, I think it's pretty awesome because I, I i saw them like uh the singer power trip like uh, talking about like who people would want to see on evil beat three on twitter and i was like okay this is cool like i i definitely think it's awesome for the state of texas for them to you know be playing every year like a like a big event and bringing bands from all over in for you guys or not for you guys but um for the people of texas i think i think it's awesome yeah it's I, i'm definitely going to consider going again next year just because I had that much of a great time. Yeah. It was just one day, right? Yeah. That, that's a big part of it too. Cause like even just that one day I was exhausted by the end of it, but, um, thankfully it was only one day. So I didn't have to like worry about, Oh, I got to get up early the next day and catch this band at 12, you know, cause the week before was FYA. 
Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I feel like it's like one of those things where like, I, I'm torn. Like I would love just like a solid one day show, like starting at noon, going to 10 and just like seeing a grip of bands. But also like I, I do love the multiple day things because that means I just get to see a ton of bands that I normally don't get to see. And granted, it is um, exhausting, um, but it's uh, definitely fun. And I, I definitely can't do it all the time so that that's why like i have to like pick and choose like where i can go just because it's um it does get really exhausting seeing that many bands in like such a short period of time yeah absolutely and like traveling and stuff that's why i'm okay with like the occasional fest or you know because it's not it's also they're just kind of like spread apart i'll be fine i could i could manage like two days and stuff um i remember this past summer when like have heart reunited, I was like, Oh, I can't miss that band. So <laughs> I ended up going to Boston or to Worcester to, to catch the, the first two shows. And then I went to sound and fury. Like, I think it was like a week later or two. And then a week or late, a week later was this is hardcore. And I had, I was going cause I played. And then a week or two later after that was the West coast tour that we did. Damn, that sounds like really busy. Yeah. Just like, and like, just all like, you know, smashed together, like so close. Yeah. It, it, I, I was definitely like worn out by the end of all that. So uh, we briefly mentioned FYA. I was really happy to have finally made it out to FYA. It was like my first one and I was really stoked at like how everything went down. Can you talk about like what your experience was like this year? Dude, um, it was it was great. I feel like every year is great, but uh, this one was different. I don't know. It, the weather wasn't so unforgivingly cold like it usually is, and the venue itself was awesome. Like the stage. I don't. You, you said you never been, right? Never. Yeah. Usually it's at this venue called the Orpheum. That's like the stage is like six feet, you know, high and like scary for people to like stage dive and stuff. And then, but the one this year, I forgot the name, uh, the JCC, it was just like perfect all around, you know, and everyone had a good time. You could see it in everyone's faces and reactions. Yeah. I going in, I, I just didn't really know what to expect because I, I've been to hardcore festivals before, but, um, I, I, I just don't know what it was about um, this year's lineup. But I just felt like just, there was just so many good bands. Like I was kind of like, shit, like, I have to see like 10 bands in a row that I really like. And that's going to be like rough for me just because, you know, trying to give energy and, you know, um, have fun like 10 bands back to back gets exhausting. Yeah, dude, literally saying because I, I would look at the lineup and be like, ah, I guess I can't eat. And, um, and that's funny. Cause like, th- I think this was like the first year where I stayed, I watched legit, like, 90% of the bill. Okay. 95. I would even say like, I just like, I don't know. I was just doing, they're doing merch. I'll go up front, but I watched most of the bands playing. Yeah. Same here. It was like so insane. And I, I was really like going in, like and I, I asked like a bunch of people, I was like, yo, like what's the venue like? And you know, nobody really knew cause they hadn't been there before. So like, I, I remember walking in for like for the first time I was like, Oh, this is like really nice. And like walking into the room where the actual show was, I was like, Oh, this is crazy. Like it, it feels like I'm at a, like a convention just cause it was like in such a big hall. And I was a little skeptical at first because I, I got there pretty early and like the 
room like you know like there were there wasn't a lot of kids at first but then like once it started like packing out i was like okay i was like no i was like this is perfect like this this setting is awesome like i feel like there's like enough room for everybody to not feel like you know too like close to each other there's like room debris there was never too hot in there like i'm sure they had the the ac going so it just always felt nice like in that room it was, it was great yeah i i hope they do it again uh next year at the same place yeah i i think i saw on twitter saying that i'm um, uh that they're gonna do it to the same place next year nice yeah and i'm definitely coming back like my, my friends and i we walked away and we're like dude great time like we definitely want to do it again next year so definitely gonna come back hell yeah dude that's awesome i'm glad i'm glad your first time at fya was like such a like success dude me too it was great like and you know i'm you know, the two times that i've gone to shows in florida they've always been great like the people have been nice um the bands are awesome so you know i'm gonna keep coming back dude i'm glad to hear it Okay, so there's this uh, rumor that's been floating around, and um, to be clear, like you and I talked about it before we started recording, but there's this rumor floating around FYA that uh, it was supposed to be Envision's last show. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I, I don't know uh, who came up with that, but <laughs> it's definitely not true. Uh, I don't know why someone thought that or like who started it, but definitely not our last show. It, it, it was never intended for that. I think it's kind of funny because I guess like the past two FYAs, whatever band I was playing was, you know, that band's like my band, my um, role in that band's last show. So I was like, when I heard that, I was like, do people just think I'm going to break up every FYA? That's crazy. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that um, it's not happening because uh, I definitely was stoked to see you guys in San Diego. I thought the set at FYA was awesome. Um, and, I, you know, I, I know it, it was a short set, but I, I was stoked that um, uh, you, you guys gave time to Epsara to, to play some songs because I know that they didn't have the best set the night before at the after show. Yeah, that band rocks. We I was glad that they were able to do like two songs before us because that after show, like it wasn't no, it wasn't anyone's fault, but like it, it wasn't a you know I, I didn't want to see see them go out like that. So I was like, I'm I'm glad we were able to like let them play right before us. Yeah, and I was stoked from you know being from like you know California and knowing those guys and to see so many kids in like you know that setting go off for them. I I, I thought it was awesome because I was definitely bummed at what went down at the after show, but um, seeing them play before you guys and it going off, I was like, okay, I was like, this is how it was supposed to be. Like this is how the band sounds. This is like the kind of energy they can give. So like I was just really happy to see that happen for them. Yeah, they had a they had a great reaction. I'm glad. Um, yeah, because they came all the way from California. You know, I, I want, I'm glad they had like it was worth it for them to come all the way over here. You know. Yeah, definitely. Because if they would have just like if that after show would have been it for them, like uh, they definitely would have been bummed out about it. Yeah, I, I I'm glad they played for real. So uh, outside of Envision, you're in um, Moment of Truth. Yeah, yeah, I play bass in that band. And uh, are you in any other bands? Uh, so I do, I do guitar in Envision. I play bass in Moment of Truth. I play guitar in Eco Strike, and and I fill in slash. I'm a part of the band Seat of Pain as a third guitarist now. Okay, uh, you know I, I can't believe I let. E 
eco strikes slipped my mind, but I knew that. But um, yeah, I, I remember you mentioning seed in pain or excuse me, seed of pain, but I wasn't sure if that was still the case. So that's what I was asking. But that's crazy. Three guitars. Yeah, it, I mean, we're not gonna like tell every venue like, oh, we need three amps and stuff. So usually, what I do is just I fill in whenever someone can't play a show, or I mean, I'll do some songs for like a couple, a uh, couple of the songs of the set, or you know, we'll just like play it by ear. But I mean, I'm part of the the writing and the creative part too, you know. And I'm glad they those guys rocked. That's one of my favorite South Florida bands. So I'm grateful they let me like kind of just take credit. Yeah, you know, um, uh, kind of going back to pop punk, there was a band called Man Overboard, and they used to play with three guitar players, and I always thought it was just pretty crazy, but it looked cool. Damn, you're right. They did play with three guitars. What the hell? Yeah, so um, it, I guess it can be done. See the pain. We'll, we'll get you get you on stage for the full set. I think I think this year we'll probably do like one or two three guitar shows, but I'm not going to like, like I said, I'm not going to tell demand a venue give us an extra cab or like you know make us set up an extra cab just for that yeah yeah because uh most of the time these days like everything is just like backline to get things moving along faster yeah exactly okay and you know uh m- my friends and i were hoping that uh seed of pain was going to play that gorilla biscuits cover at the fest but obviously like everybody was pressed for time like it was shorter sets do you think that that could happen in the future Oh, I, I definitely think so. Uh, Kevin, the singer, like he, it was his idea to even do the cover at all. So okay. I feel like, I feel like it'll happen. Well, I, I hope I'm there to experience it. You know, I'm um, going back to that point of contact show, seeing the singer um, play live. He like, he literally wore like a hoodie with the hood on the whole set. And like, I was just so like, like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, how's he not hot? Like up there performing. Cause I'm hot just like standing here watching, but this guy was in a hoodie the whole time. I was like, holy shit. Like that guy's crazy. No, that's him chilling, man. He just up there with his hoodie and his side bag. And yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he had the bag on too, which I was like, why is he wearing that during the set? But I was like, all right, I guess that's his thing. I think he had a, a beer in his hand too. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. But, um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I love Kevin. Okay. Dang. But, that's awesome. Like I, I love like like all the bands that you're in are, are, are great. I love everything that's going on in Florida because uh you know, before I like you know started talking to you, um, talking to your other friends, like I just wasn't like too in tune with what was going down there in Florida. But now I, I feel like I have like a better picture of what's going on and like all the different parts of it. And I, I, I think it's, you know, for as big as it is, as it is like there's so many great bands out there. And I, and I think it's awesome that uh, Florida hardcore, you know, it's like the state of it right now. It's just like really good. Yeah, man. Thanks. Like we, we definitely, I, I would say we, we all take pride in our bands and our scene and just work as hard as possible to, you know, keep it alive and try to bring new kids if they want to come or, you know what I mean? It's definitely, it's definitely something I'm proud of to live in Florida for. Yeah. And and the fact that you guys are, you know, down to help out the newer kids and make them feel included. That's just like, that's really important to do in a scene to, cause to keep like new kids out or, you know, not talk to them or try to, you know, get them into what's going on. It'll definitely hurt the scene. Yeah, it's it's absolutely important because, I mean, hardcore is for like, the, it's for the youth, you know, like it's not for, you know, 29 year olds and stuff to just kind of like, 
just I don't know. You know what I mean? It's not for us. I'm not 29. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, it's I'm, like you get a, I'm you get a, near there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm near there too. But okay. uh, you know what I'm saying though? Like it's it's you got to pass the torch along. You know, like that's that's what it's for. It's for like the 17, 18 year old, 19 year olds that want to come. But I, I, honestly, I would say in South Florida, I haven't seen a a kid around that age come out in a while. It's usually like the early 20s and stuff. Yeah, well, it's cool that you guys encourage the the new kids because it definitely is important. You know, that, that's why I, you know, am doing like what I'm doing with the podcast. I, I just want to like, you know, just try to spread the word and, um, you know, put everybody on and just, you know, try to make everybody aware. And um, it, it's definitely um, something that I enjoy doing. So I, I just hope, you know, it, it helps. Yeah. So we're pretty early on in the year um and uh, fya just happened did a, an amazing job and I, i've always said it like I, I feel like that fest sets the tone for the rest of the year um which is like you know it's me pretty hard to live up to that but um do you have uh any like big plans to travel with your bands um for the upcoming year that you can talk about um let me think uh eco strike definitely going to be active this year i just I know for sure I can't say one thing, okay. but we got plans for the summer. We we're, we're working on an LP too. Like actually like tomorrow we're going to meet up and write. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. 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 We just, now that like all the bands are done with like see the pain and envision stuff like, are like not doing anything right now, we're just going to take advantage of that free time to meet up and write. Um, Seed of Pain definitely has new music coming out too, and I'm gonna assume. I think we're working on a tour for that one, a couple tours. Dude, but Seed of it's Pain coming out on the West Coast. Dude, that, I honestly, it's definitely been talked about. So I want to try to get those guys over there. But um, I know for sure we 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 might like head um, west. Just I don't know if that far west yet. Okay, for sure. Um, but Eco Strikes writing, we're gonna tour. We we got that Rumble in in May. Yeah, it sold out, right? I I think it's very close to selling out. Okay, because I I saw one of my friends from Chicago posting that he couldn't get a ticket. Like he he posted like a screenshot of um, <laughs> no more tickets available. I, I maybe it was just for like one of the single days. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think it was the Sunday because um, that band, The Killers, playing. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what he was talking about. That's crazy. I can't wait to see them. Yeah. You know, seeing Eco Strike on that bill, I was like, damn, it made me jealous because obviously, like, you guys um, have uh, been a little quiet, but understandably because the other bands had stuff going on. And it's only been a minute because um, I haven't seen you guys since um, you guys played San Diego. So I was like, damn. I was like, I, I can't wait for them to come back, but it's going to be cooler because you guys are going to come back and you're going to have new material, which I'm definitely looking forward to because like, I, I just love Eco Strike. Dude, thank you, man. I'm, I'm excited for it to not only get written, but just put out and like us playing more shows and stuff because I, I like playing guitar and Eco Strike a lot. And I like being in the band. All those are all like my close friends, you know. So it's like, it doesn't seem like, like a tough job or anything. It's just like, oh, we're all just hanging out and writing music. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's like like a really good recipe. It's to be in a band with like your closest friends, because you guys are normally together all the time, anyways. So the fact that you guys get to create awesome music for the scene, it's just like another like fun thing to do. It's 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 cool. 
Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We all literally just hang out all the time. So eventually bands just kind of get started like that. Like that's how, that's literally how every band got started, I think. Just because we were hanging out, like watching like YouTube videos of like old bands, like Outspoken or Strain. I'm like, oh, I want a band like that. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, no, it's awesome that you guys are able to come together and actually like do stuff like that because it definitely is hard to, uh, you know, do a band and keep it going consistently. So the fact that um, you guys can all keep it going and the fact that you guys are friends, I think makes it easier and more possible. Yeah, it's definitely, I'm, I, I love those guys. So it's definitely cool to be able to do music with them. Yeah. Well, that's, that's definitely awesome to hear. Like I can't wait for the new stuff this year. And sometimes it still feels strange to me when I say that we're in the year 2020, cause it just sounds so futuristic, but it's not really futuristic. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But definitely looking forward to that. Uh, have you guys ever um, played the rumble before? Just I can't remember off the top of my Dude. head. No, no, I've, I've been, I went to Chicago once like 2012 and that's it. And like, I, I think, uh, I think, no, yeah, none of, none of our bands have played Chicago before. Wow. That's strange. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I, mm. I, I like that city a lot. Well, I'm sure it'll be a good turnout because uh, obviously you guys are like more known. So I think you guys will have a good set. I hope so. I mean, I don't know. Well, we'll, we should have, uh, if not the entire LP out by then, like at least some new songs. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, that's something awesome to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Oh, see, see the pain's playing that one too. Yeah. That's awesome. See, see the pain, get out of Florida and do something in Chicago. Yeah. It's going to be lit. Okay. And man, yeah, thinking back about that uh, tour you guys did in August, that tour, like seriously, like, do you remember the, the night you guys played LA? Cause I remember that, sh- that show was kind of up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Was that, that was the day before, uh, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. It was. yeah, yeah. Our, our, uh, the guitarist, Sean from magnitude, he, he accidentally left his guitar at, at that venue in LA. So the next day when we're all setting up, we're like, Oh, where's Sean's guitar? You know, he's about to play. And we just, for some reason, like, we're like, Oh, someone took it or not, not someone from the show, but just like, we like had the van open for like half a second. So we're like, Oh, maybe someone took it mm-hmm. during that or something. And it, it just turns out it was in the venue in LA. And like, thank God, because he was like, we were all freaking out about it, you know? Yeah. Cause those things are, aren't cheap. Yeah. And that's so, like, that's like his baby. So the, the venue just like held on to it for you guys. I think, um, one of, I think we hit up someone that was a part of that show and they had one of their friends like mail it out to Sean like a month later or something. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> like I, I couldn't even imagine being in that situation, like setting up and like, wait, where's my guitar? <laughs> Dude, it's not a good feeling at all. Yeah. Dang. That's wild. But uh, do you remember how that LA show was for you guys? It was, I think, um, one of my favorite shows we played, we weren't supposed to play it at first cause we, we routed a tour to play LA at the, on the same day that backtrack was. And we just knew that if we booked the show that same day, it wasn't gonna like, you know, it's backtracks like last West coast appearance. We're like, Oh, let's not bother. 
and we were going to like use that day as an off day to go to like Las Vegas and like hang out. And then on the last, at the last minute, uh, someone from backtrack, I guess was like, Hey, you guys want to, does your tour package want to hop on this show? You guys get like 10 minutes each. And we just said, yeah. And it was, it was, like I said, it was one of my favorite shows of that tour. And we, I mean, for as early as it was, cause we, we really had to rush through those three sets, but for, for considering like the time restraint and all that, like it, it actually ended up being really good. Yeah. I remember they like released more tickets because like, obviously you guys got announced like a little later, but uh, I, I thought it was cool that um, it all worked out for you guys to hop on that show. Cause if you look at that entire bill, it's like, that's like a crazy lineup for LA. So I was stoked to see you guys on there. Dude, you're right. I, I, that show was stacked. Yeah. Cause the, you know, it's you funny. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. I'm um, like my friends and I, like we, cause since you guys uh, were playing San Diego, we're like, okay, like let's just make like a whole weekend out of it. So our, our plan was just to go down and see you guys and then catch backtrack there the next day. Um, just cause it just made more sense to us because like, we didn't know that the shows were going to combine in LA, um, which would have been cool to see, but I, I definitely was stoked that we were able to catch like you guys on a real show, like a real show. I, I mean by like full sets, yeah. Uh, so, so you did backtrack the night after. Yeah, yeah. We we stayed in town and we were able to catch it there, which was it was cool to see them there. Um, but uh, I had more fun at your guys' show the night before. Dude, thanks, man. Yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting weekend. But it was, it was definitely uh, I was definitely stoked for you guys because I, I know that the, the LA show had like a, a, a it was a bigger turnout just because of the venue it was in. So I was like stoked for you guys. Yeah, I'm glad we played because, um, like, I, I wasn't going to have a chance to, like, catch backtrack at all. Um, and, like, we just happened to be there. So I was like, all right, cool. I get to see them one last time before they go. Yeah. And, and this other band called uh, Somerset Thrower opens their package. And I've I've been onto that band for a while, and I, I really wanted to see them. So it was cool. Yeah, you know. And, like, I, every band that played was nice. Seeing uh, Somerset Thrower, like, in San Diego, that was like the first time I ever heard them. And I was like, Oh, I was like, dude, this band's awesome. I was like, uh, I was like, how come I've never heard of them before? And I, I remember I was talking to one of the, I think like one of the guitar players, I was just asking him about his band. Cause I, I felt so like weird that I'd never like, you know, took the time to check, check them out. Cause I was like definitely into their sound. Yeah. They, they definitely stood out on that package. Yeah. Which was cool. I, I, I like when, um, you know, the, you know, the bigger bands, like the headlining act or whatever. And I, I like that there, there are bands that are willing to take that chance and bring on bands that sound different from them. Just kind of mix things up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was definitely a great tour, but, uh, yeah, definitely like New York. They have like a lot of cool stuff going on right now. I feel like they always have cool bands going on. Yeah, I do. I love all the bands that come out from like Long Island and stuff. Yeah, they, they always have like, yeah, I, I've never been to a show on Long Island. I, I feel like that's something that I have to do at some point. Dude, yeah, you, I think you should. Every every show I've gone up, gone to up there has, has been pretty good. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, I, I, I just have to, I, so for me, it's just like my issue is just getting time off of work 
because normally I like have like all my vacations planned. So at some point it'll happen. I'm sure things will line up and I'll be able to catch a show out there at some point. Yeah, I feel that I had to like, I was like ready to quit my job for the West coast tour. Cause I like ran out of uh, paid time off and like, they're just like not, they're very strict on paid time off for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, I guess I'm going to have to quit because I only have six days of paid time off and I need like 13. And, but they were like, they were cool enough to like, let me like just go anyway. And I didn't have to quit, but I want to, I plan on touring more this year. So I don't, I don't know how much longer I have left where I work, but it's definitely going to happen just so I can like do more of what I love with like music and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, fuck it and just make that decision. Don't even think about it and just, you know, follow your heart and just do what you think's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to think about it a little, but <laughs> um, it's, it's going to happen. I, I think cause yeah, like I said, I want to tour more. Yeah. I feel like, um, and I, I've talked about this before. Like I, I went on like a week tour, uh, a week tour like like you know seven days and yeah yeah and um it, it was fun like i i enjoyed it you know like i i did merch um and i i would like to do it again but i feel like it's just like I, i'm just not in a position to do it like right now yeah yeah i mean if you're able to do it i say do it but just like plan it out obviously yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely glad that I went on it, um, when I was younger. Cause like, that's something that, that I like dreamed of. And, uh, and, and even like a couple of years ago, like I was, um, thinking about doing it professionally and I, I did some gigs like here and there. Um, and then at, at one point they just like wanted to like throw me into the fire and just kind of like, um, they, like the, the, the people that I was with, and like, I, I still like had like my corporate job, the same job that I have now. Um, like I was doing like a merch gig and they were like, Hey, like if you want to take this serious, like we'll send you out on a tour like tomorrow just, you know, pack a bag and, um, we'll set everything up. But I was like, Oh shit. I was like, uh, I was like, I, I guess I don't want to do it like that bad because I'm not willing to just throw everything away to, um, you know, take a chance on, uh, you know, being a full-time merch guy. Yeah. Oh, damn. I would have, I think I would have done it. <laughs> uh, low key. I, I, uh, cause like I asked like a, like a million questions cause like uh, we were working at a festival and, um, one of my buddies, uh, uh, shout out to Thad. Uh, I was asking him like a bunch of questions and I was probably being really annoying. Just asking him like, you know, probably some like personal stuff about like the job and it, it sounded cool. And, uh, he was really confident that if I did do it, that I would have like, you know, been like, like, you know, fine, like with consistent gigs, but I was just too scared. I was like, I don't know if I can make that decision at like 28 just to throw away, like, you know, my corporate job, uh, to take a chance at this. So, yeah, um, I, I definitely get that. I just know that like whatever opportunities I had when I was younger and I didn't take him, I like, I reflect on them now and I'm like, damn, maybe I should have done that. You know, maybe I'd be in a different place now if I, you know, took this gig or something like that. But I mean, I don't blame you, dude. I, I literally would have done the same thing, uh, when I was younger. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. 
And like, and people ask me, they're like, oh, like, um, the job you do now, like, is that your dream job? And I, I tell them like, no, it's not, it's not my dream job, um, but it pays really well and it's like super stable and I don't hate going to work every day. Like I understand that it's a job and I go and work and it enables me to do things like the podcast and like, you know, have a place to live, a car. Um, and it's not like, um, like for me, like the job that I'm doing, like I'm not thinking it's going to be my only job forever. There's other things I'm doing on the side. Um, like I, I uh, have my own merch. I actually just put out a new t-shirt the other day, which I haven't plugged on the podcast. So, um, if, if you guys haven't noticed jmrk.com slash shop, go pick up that new blur design. Um, so I, I have other things going on, but it's just not like the only thing I just, you know, happen to have a normal job on top of doing other things that I like. Yeah, I feel that I'm I'm in the same boat with a corporate job and like, like I don't hate my job at all. It's just it it, it definitely like keeps me from doing other things that I want to do with my life, you know. Because work your life isn't work. It's like stuff that makes you happy and stuff. So like, I like like I said, I don't hate the job, but I get home at like seven thirty every night, and it at that point I got to get ready to like wake up early the next day for work, and you know what I mean, like. And then on the weekends, when I'm finally free, all my friends are working their jobs. So it's like, you know, I'm not I'm not complaining because it, it definitely pays the bills, and you know, it's a it's a good routine and all. But I'm ready to I'm ready for something new. Yeah, I I definitely feel that. So I I definitely understand where you're coming from. It's that cubicle life, man. Yeah. Well. Uh, Sejas, I, I want to uh, thank you for, for coming on. I, I, I know it's been a long time coming. I, I've asked you uh, a couple times and I'm stoked that we're finally able to do it. So I, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the podcast. Dude, thanks for having me. Seriously, I, it, it was definitely a fun conversation. Yeah. And, uh, I, I know at some point we'll run into each other again, uh, whether it be on the West coast or out in Florida, but I'm sure we'll see each other again in the future. Yeah. Next time, next time you're in Florida and you go to Disney, I'll go with you. Okay. Hell yeah. That, that sounds yeah. like a, a plan. I'll, I'll hit you up and give you enough notice so you can come out and hang out. Dude. Even if you hit me up like the week before, like I'd be fine. Okay. Um, yeah. but, uh, before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Uh, shout out to point of contact magnitude, uh, seat of pain, all the South Florida bands, all the bands from Philly, you know, plea case records, IOU records, shout out to all the bands in California. Just, you know, shout out to kids who care about hardcore that still keep coming out and want to keep coming out and, you know, just have a drive for it. Hell yeah. Well, thank you again. This has been fun. Thank you to everybody who's been listening. I definitely appreciate all of you. This has been another episode of the Jamie K podcast. Always on top. <laughs>